As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Fancast to get you going here this week, and we're going to have Rick Dollywall join us a little later on in Ricky. the podcast. Thomas, to yeah, the two of you guys getting down to business, uh, putting those heads of yours together to pound out a, a piece that is posted now at the Athletic and uh, sort of the latest. I know it's kind of gone quiet around the Canucks, but uh, you guys done some poking around and come up with uh, uh, some items on a number of uh, Travis Green, Michael Furland, uh, Elias Pettersson. Uh, Vasily Podkolzin as well. Uh, before we do any of that, though, I just want to tie up a couple of loose ends from the mailbag episode last week. And great response, and we thank everybody and got lots, lots of good feedback uh, on that as well. But just a couple of items of note, and uh, I don't want to—it's a hockey podcast, so I don't want to get into politics. But we do have to cover off the election, and I'm not talking about the U.S. Uh, presidential race here. I'm talking about the sandwich vote. Uh, our friend Andrew, we, we ran into Andrew in the sandwich shop last week. We talked about him. He posted the picture. He followed that up with a, a Twitter poll over the weekend of who would you most want to have lunch with? And the three options were me, you, and Louis Erickson. And I will readily admit that I voted for myself. Yeah. And by the narrowest of margins, I ended up winning. Like this was, forget <laughs> Joe Biden and forget Notre Dame beating Clemson. This was the big win over the weekend. And like any good election, uh, you want to dispute the results. Well, I just want to recount because I'm pretty confident that there was some serious electoral fraud going on. Uh, Andrew mentioned during the during our brief meeting with him that his dad really likes you and, and is neutral on me. I'm pretty confident that Andrew's dad stuffed that ballot. I don't know. All I know is that uh, I ended up winning. I finished ahead of Louie, and you were dead last. Yeah. But you made good lunch company. I will admit that you made... I, I laughed. There was one guy that reached out after the results were posted. I saw him uh, tweet out that, like, Drancer, and it's not even close. <laughs> but it was But it was close. It was close, it for was, sure. It was close. Yeah. So uh, the other one, I saw Tommy the Tractor Guy. Did you see this? That he suggested on Twitter that the VanCast was low-key, one of the best Canuck pods out there? Low-key, huh? That's uh, the, well, those that's fighting the, words. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot low-key about what we've been doing here, pushing out two a week without skipping a beat uh, through a pandemic, right. unlike anything that any of us has ever lived through. And here we are uh, again with the first of two this week. So I don't know how low-key that is, but I am glad that Tommy the Tractor Guy uh, has found us. We can do 30 minutes on sandwiches, like easily, easily. There'd be no yeah. problem 
for us to do 30 minutes on sandwiches. Find me another podcast that can do 30 minutes on sandwiches in the midst of the pandemic. No, anyone can, I, I guess. But end of the day, thanks to everyone who's been listening. We've had a lot of fun. And and Tommy, we appreciate it. I, I, whether whether it's low-key or high-key, um, <laughs> we love doing it. We, we love the interaction with the audience. We, we appreciate uh, the sentiment. Um, and the mailbag episode was just so fun. Like the amount of questions. And one thing I did want to note is I went on that rant and then the the gentleman who asked the question got at me and was like, you know, sorry about that. Like, I, uh, you know, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to set you off. And it's I wasn't taking a shot at our questioners. I just want to be very clear. It was it was a particular idea that that I, I just like to push back on because I think it's. Uh, I, I just think it's a commonly held opinion that, that just, just boggles my mind and, and I wanted to push back on it. But I'm never attacking any of our listeners or any of our questioners. I was attacking the argument. And uh, that particular argument gets me mad. Um, so it goes. So, like, have you stopped fighting with that guy or are you just taking a break right now? Because uh, that that war waged on through the weekend. Oh, that one guy. Yeah, that wasn't the guy yeah, who the asked one the question. Guy. Uh, slobber no, face no. or whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, people just get they get too they get they miss the larger point and get focused too focused on the specifics. Like Canucks fans are so happy to have Hughes and Pedersen, and they should be, but that doesn't change the overall arc of the of the point, which is just that you know when you're rebuilding, you got to set yourself up to take advantage of landing players like that like it's not enough to be like well they were too good so they couldn't have possibly been prepared like part of management is is preparing for outside scenarios right like preparing to put yourself in a position to capitalize off of them um you know i think the canucks have taken a step back this season i don't know that that's a widely held opinion on the mark in the market but i i think it's clearly true and to do that in the final year when you've got two top 20 players in the nhl on entry level deals like that to me is just a missed opportunity and and not one that's entirely on management like there's obviously been some mistakes in terms of free agent signings but also the club is trimmed like according to cap friendly estimates over 20 million in estimated payroll like that's not on management you know the, the, the fact that they might tread water this season might be a huge accomplishment considering the drop in their uh, in their act like real cash investment here so um you know I'm not I'm not trying to be critical of anyone just pointing out that like the idea that well it's not possible for the Canucks to have been prepared for this I mean think about it they just drafted too well like that's just such a low bar that's such a it's you know what it is it's an excuse masquerading as a sports argument like it's a ready-made excuse masquerading as a sports argument I think we can be fair while also demanding better than that well, speaking of their drafting, Vasily Podkolzin, certainly uh, a lot of talk around him. We'll get to that. Rick Dollywell is going to join us here in a sec. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
All right, let's bring Rick Dollywall into the mix. Strancer, you and Dolly getting together, a collaboration, if you will. I know we always talk about it, uh, the news cycle slowing down at this time of the year, but those are words that uh, Rick Dollywall, he just won't stand for. So uh, to you guys putting your heads together in an article that is posted now uh, at The Athletic. Yeah, and let me tell you a good story. I was running down with some Russian sources, uh, not Russian sources, but agents who work closely out of Russia, about uh, it sounds better if you say the, Russian sources. I like that. <laughs> yeah, about the IIHF transfer agreement, and they joked to me that Dolly's the most popular man in Russia, and that if he keeps it up, if he keeps it up, they're going to get him a passport and a second family. Oh, oh. Hey. <laughs> unsolicited, unsolicited. I'm running down like details of the IIHF transfer agreement, and 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 this player agents like Dolly's going to get a passport. They love him over there. He's a huge star yeah. in Russia, so we're happy to have this huge star in Russia on the van you, re- <laughs> you guys remember when Pod Colson's team in Russia uh, took a shot at me in a Twitter account and yeah and, and so anyways I slept with one eye open that night um, <laughs> you do not piss the Russians off okay I was like freaking out over that but I, I will say something to you guys like to get information out of Sweden Finland uh, Switzerland is really, uh, I, I, I got to say something right now, uh, like dealing with Canuck prospects in, in Europe and all that. I will say getting info out of Sweden, Finland, and Switzerland, really easy, laid back people. I would say the Russians are the same. It, it's good to get info out of them, but it's harder. It's really hard uh, to get information out of Canucks prospects who play in Russia or Canucks players or former players who play in Russia. It's, it's a tougher thing to do. And especially with Pod Colson this year, and he's been struggling with his KHL team, and all. I think we all know that, all three of us. But it's tougher to get information uh, from the Russians as it is. But I did get the GM of Pod Colson's team a couple of weeks ago, so that was uh, it. Took me five, six weeks to finally get him. But it, it, it I'm going to tell you, I, I, I love hunting down info on guys, Canucks prospects in Europe. But I would say that uh, getting info on Canucks uh, uh, prospects in Russia is a little tougher in the other countries. Well, it's kind of funny what a, a difference a weekend can make because last week people were starting to freak out a little bit about Pud Colson and his yeah. usage and deployment and and flat out production at the KHL level. He goes, he represents Russia at the Karhiala tournament in Finland, uh, leads the team in scoring. We saw the video of the shootout goal where he had the goalie in the corner. Yeah. Uh, I know you talked to Igor Larionov, who's going to be his coach at the World Juniors as well, and it just feels like Everybody, everybody around Pod Coles and all the observers, everybody ex- exhaling a little bit. You know, he had a chance. He got some ice time, and he made the most of it. And Igor, I, I had a quick chat with him Monday morning. Igor loves this kid. I, Igor, Igor Larionov compares him to Mark Messier. He thinks he's got uh, Mark Messier. He did. Hey, wow. He did. He, Igor, I said, who does he? I, I said to Igor, I said, who does he? remind you of and he said mark messier um i don't know if you guys see mark messier and pod colson but i'm just going to look at the comparison and igor larionov is a hall of famer he knows his hockey better than most but he thinks he sees uh mark messier and he in, in vasily pod colson what do you guys think does he see bo horvat who reminds him of Mark yeah. Messier and Vasily Podkolzin? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> well, and I, I, I will say something else to you. I, 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 Igor refused to talk uh, about Vasily's uh, problems in the KHL. He says, I'm not here to talk about that with you, Rick. I'm going to tell you that I love this kid. He's got a bright future. Um, 
he's a, he's a 200 foot player. He's mature. He cares. Here's the one thing about, and, and, and Jeff, you see it in the Western hockey league over the years. And, and also Drancer, you know, this most high draft picks, what's the first thing they have trouble with at the NHL level is, is playing defensively is being responsible defensively. Mm -hmm. This kid is a 200 foot player. He reminds me of Patterson in that way. He does care about back checking. He does care about his responsibilities in his own end. So that's going to be a big thing for him when he gets to the NHL. It, Travis isn't going to be banging his head on the wall with this kid if he's not back checking. He doesn't care about his own end. I think that's going to be a bonus with this kid. And that's what uh, uh, Igor said to me. He said, this kid loves playing in all three zones. He's going to be a good one. Uh, just be patient. And what's the one thing people in hockey don't have? At all levels, you can go to Adam Hockey, you can go to Junior. Thick skin. Not thick skin. <laughs> Dresser, no one's got pink. I'm going thick skin. I'm, I hate. Wow. Yeah. Guys, I'm just the, kidding. Hey, I'm just kidding. For us in the media, you got to have thick skin because we get we get called idiots every day of the week. But you, you, you got to have patience. And, and, and you know what? You got to have patience with the draft picks, but then you have the undrafted guys like Zach McEwen make it and you go, what the hell? How does a guy undrafted make it? Yet 12% of the National Hockey League is undrafted. Harm wrote about it over the weekend and yeah. really, I thought, got some terrific quotes out of Jim Benning. Uh, and, and I know you guys have touched on it as well in this piece that's up at The Athletic now, Tom, that sort of the idea of Pod Colson arriving here on North American soil uh, while the Canucks are still playing this coming season really now all of a sudden feels like a distinct possibility. Yeah, uh, from my understanding anyway, the in the event that like a, a lot still needs to happen in terms of sure. you know the the way that Scott's season plays out, the world's getting canceled potentially, um, you know, a, a letter from the Federation freeing him, which is a little bit less likely. Um, I mean, it's still a slog. There's a ton of hurdles, but it's not insurmountable, and I think it's an option that the Canucks are are eyeing. Um, because I think they evaluate him and say he's NHL ready. Like they see him as a guy who can step in and help them this season if he was able to come over. Uh, I don't think they're counting on it, but I certainly think that's an option they're aware of uh, and potentially excited by. I think they think they that he can help them on day one, especially when you look at what you know their top six projects to look like. Um, you know, with that sort of hole on that Horvat line. Um, on the right side. I, I mean, I think they'd love to see what he could do in that spot. Uh, it's just a matter of actually, you know, threading that needle. And, and when it comes to the KHL, it's always about threading that needle. And guys, why why is Pod Colson all of a sudden uh, people thinking he's ready? I'll tell you why. Because Toffoli's gone. You need a replacement. And some people think Pearson is not a true, legit top six. I think he's a, a nice piece top nine. But there are people out there to, that don't think Pearson is top six. So all of a sudden, there's there's availability. There's spots open uh, for Pod Colson and a Hoglander. And then you look at the blue line, a Ulevi, Rathbone, Chatfield, Rafferty. One of these guys could make it. Hey, guys, the Canucks are not going to be as good next year as they were last year. Uh, they might have to take a step back, just a little one, until they get back to where they were in the bubble in Edmonton in two years. But when this general manager is raving about Jalen Chatfield, the way he's been in the last two, three, four weeks, Guys, Jalen Chatfield. I mean, Jim loves Jalen Chatfield. Loves him. And that's and that's and that's fine. Like, and he's totally entitled to love him. He hasn't played a game in the NHL yet. Like, so you know, he's yeah, he's performed reasonably well by all accounts at the American Hockey League level. And I'm not here to say that Chatfield can't or won't make it in the NHL. But you know, I think we also have to 
keep expectations in check. Like until somebody has done something, right? It's just talk. It's conjecture at this point. And so I, I know Jim is bullish on him because you know he likes his work ethic and and they like what they've seen in Utica, but. You know, look, we all know it's one thing to perform in the AHL. It's another to make the jump to the National Hockey League. So, uh, look, I want to see him get every opportunity, but I just don't think you can pencil him in and say, done. Like, Chatfield on a National Hockey League defense, and everything's going to be fine. Like, he's still got a ton of proving to do at the highest level. Absolutely. And one of those four defensemen, uh, Ulevi, Rathbone, Chatfield, or... Um, or Rathbone, Chatfield, Rafferty, or Levy. One of those four is going to make it next year. You guys know that. Jordy Ben's going to be the other third-pair guy. One of those four is going to make it, guys. Uh, it's time to give one of these guys a spot. Let them run with it. But I really believe uh, there are some spots open this year. Uh, up Top nine forward and, and the third-pair defense, two young, spot, two young guys are going to take those spots in my eyes. Rick, when you consider that, does the the other thing we touched on today was obviously the Travis Green extension. The dynamic yep. of getting younger, of relying on untested players to fill some of the holes in the lineup, top nine, bottom pair, as you say. What impact do you think that has or should have on extension talks with Travis Green? Yeah, and it's a great it's a great question. Travis Green and Jim Benning have to be aligned. They have to be aligned in how many years they have left on both their contracts to make this work long-term vision your gm and your coach are on the same page they have to have the long-term vision i think these guys do i think travis is looking at this roster and going hey guys i'm gonna have to play some young guys i'm gonna have to play what's travis's strength i think it's working with young players i really do and if you're going to incorporate a rathbone or if you're going to incorporate a rafferty or a ulevi or a chatfield then you're going to throw in a pod colson or a hoglander you know the old days when these kids had to go to the minor leagues and, and the, the Canucks, the, it's not happening anymore. The Pedersen, Hughes, Besser, they didn't go to Utica. So these coaches aren't developing these studs in the minors anymore. They're developing them at the NHL level. And I think this is where Travis is, is, is one of his strengths is incorporating these young studs into the lineup. They're not getting their, uh, their work done in Utica. These, think about that. Pedersen, Hughes, Besser never played a game in Utica. They went straight to the NHL. And I know Pedersen... Uh, played the year in Sweden, but also you need a coach that can uh, guide these young players. I know Travis knows he knows that there's going to be some young players in the lineup this year, and I think he's chopping at the bit to work with these guys. For people that haven't seen this collaborative piece that you guys have done, uh, just bring people up to speed then if they're listening to this and they haven't had a chance to read it, and I would say go and check it out uh, and read through. But what is the latest or is there a latest on uh, the holdup for Travis getting a new deal? Drancer, go ahead. You had a lot of good stuff on this. Well, just that it's a budget issue, re- realistically. And and I don't think, like, I don't think talks have not occurred at all, but I don't think they're particularly well-developed or substantive uh, at this point. And, and I think that's the pandemic entirely. Uh, the question that I have remaining is, in a world where the Canucks are deferring money on players and, you know, backloading salaries and on and on, you know, I don't understand exactly why that logic wouldn't apply to Travis Green, whose new deal wouldn't kick in until the 2021-2022 season anyway. But it does seem to be a budgetary holdup. And, and you know, there is um, there is a need for Green to be compensated competitively, right? Like he's now shown that he's at least an average sort of mid-tier head coach. And the base salary on his next deal is going to have to start there. So 
there's some work to be done here. It doesn't sound like it's moved like far along at all at this point. And, you know, I do think that in this market and with the challenges facing this team and the need to take that longer view that it would behoove the club to get moving on it. Dollywall, you got anything to add to that? Well, he, he's, he's making one million now. We know he's not going to get five million. We know that. So I, yeah. I think the number is between two to four million. And I think if Travis Green can get an extension uh, three or four years in the two to four million range, I think he, I think he takes it. But the one thing I, I, I the only thing I want to say and, 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 and Thomas, you said this on the weekend, the Canucks absolutely want to do this, Jeff. The Canucks absolutely want to get uh, Travis Green extended. And I think I know enough of this to tell you that Travis Green wants to get extended in Vancouver. Look, he put his time in Utica, okay? He, he, he took the team to the Calder Cup finals. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a loaded team. And remember, he took the Portland team, but it was Mike Johnson. They went to the Memorial Cup. He, he, he seems to find a way to get to league titles. He did it in the dub with Mike Johnson. Obviously, Mike was the architect of that. And, and then he did the Calder Cup. Go look at his Calder Cup roster. There wasn't a ton of uh, talent there. He finds the way to get the most out of his teams. He wants to take the Canucks to the final. He started in Utica, got to Vancouver, and now I think he's looking for three or four more years to finish this thing. And I think, he, I, I, I think both sides want to get it done. I, I think it will eventually happen. But if they go into training camp, guys, and there's no deal done, then they're going to have to. Then they're going to have to understand that this is a Canadian market. This isn't Carolina. This isn't Columbus, where they don't care if you got a lame duck coach. But in this market, go back to Brock Besser and Victoria. Go and Jeff, you were there. Brock Besser didn't show up to training camp in, in, in Victoria. Go, well, Canadian market. What happened? Where's Brock? Where's Brock? Where's Brock? Same thing's going to happen. Why is your coach not extended? Get the guy extended before camp. Right. And to that point, like we're talking about it now because there isn't a whole lot else going on. And people are saying, oh, you guys just need to fill airtime on podcasts on the radio. Uh, Rick makes the point. Like we've all been at this long enough, but Jim Benning's been in this market long enough to know that, you know, let's say the Canucks stumble out of the gates and don't get off to the start they're looking for. Like it's automatically, it's there. It's a story. It's just, it's going to be hanging over. Uh, this hockey club's head. And, like, I think back to, you know, a guy like Ryan Miller going into the final year of his contract a few years ago, or yeah. uh, Alex Edler, um, you know, and, and the club basically came out and said, like, we're not going to talk about this. We just want these guys to to play, and, and we're not going to have anything. Like, this is the coach of your hockey team now. Like, those are yeah. players. They deal with that stuff on a daily basis. This is the coach now. Like, so this isn't just a fabrication of the media. We don't see coaches at this level, generally coach into the final year of their contract. It's just not standard operating procedure in the National Hockey League. So uh, this isn't just media guys sort of stirring the pot and trying to, you know, come up with something to talk about. This, it is. It's a story, and it won't go away until the two sides come to an agreement. And, Dreads, are quick, uh, they went to the 11th hour with Jacob Markstrom. You know what happened? They went to the 11th hour with, with Toffoli, Tanev, Stetcher. They went to the 11th hour, and all four of those guys walked. Don't go to the 11th hour with your coach. Don't do it. And, and you know what? Uh, don't be uh, be proactive. Don't be reactionary. And I felt uh, with Toffoli, Tanev, and Stetcher, they were, re- react- they were reacting because they went to those guys the day after free agency, and they, oh, hey, guys, uh, you know, we need you now because we're out of OEL. Oh, we need you now because... Uh, you know, Tanev left. We need to now Stetcher. Don't be reactionary. Be proactive. Get it done. Yeah, the the comp that comes to mind, and obviously this is a different scale 
in terms of where the team is at in their developmental life cycle. But, you know, the the story that comes to mind immediately when you think of a lame duck coach is obviously Barry Trotz, who, yeah. who won the Stanley Cup with the yeah. Washington Capitals in his final year. Um, you know, you'd think the Caps would want to do over on that. I don't think that Green and the Canucks are in the same boat in terms of their ambition for this upcoming season. But nonetheless, I, I think when you go along with someone, when you wait to the 11th hour, you, they get closer to, their, to exploring their options too. Now, sometimes it makes sense with players. I, I think, you know, in, in Toffoli's case and in Tanev's case, like, I don't know that they would have signed those deals necessarily early anyway, but right. nonetheless, like when you get close to the wire, uh, people start to feel their options, leverage changes on and on. End of the day, this is a relationship that works. Like, I do want to, I do want to mention two things quickly. One is, you know, the club itself recognizes that optimally this will be done before camp, right? Like the club itself knows that they, that, that they, that this needs to get done. Uh, so this is not just a media construct. Like I, I think Canucks hockey operations would agree with everything you said, Jeff, uh, about sort of the need to have it done before camp and, and would agree with Dollywall too. On the other side of it is, you know, green Benning, like, there's a fairly similar view of like how to win hockey games, how they want yeah. the teams to play. Like there's actually decent alignment there, really solid relationships. Um, you know, I, I just think this is one and I, I just want to not, not to like take the temperature down because this is a talking point and this is something worth monitoring, but also, you know, at the end of the day, like this is a group of people that have had success together over the last three years, right? Like this is a group of people that genuinely have regard for one another yeah. Um, and, and do want to figure it out. And so I do think that that will happen. Um, it's just a matter of timing and, and when, and I do think with the, you know, budget issues, they're all working through, um, you know, that's sort of where this is going to be interesting is how exactly is that structured? Can they find a creative way to protect the club financially through the pandemic while also compensating Green at a competitive and fair rate going forward? I bet they do it, but, um, you know, the fact that it's not done to this point, I do think says a lot about where this club's postured uh, during this most uncertain offseason. You know, I just finished uh, reading Brian Burke's uh, book, and when you, when you see the dynamic of when Mike Keenan came in, and Burke knew deep down it wasn't going to work because Keenan didn't want it to work and there was individualism. I know the owner is the one in Vancouver that hired Mike Keenan and then Burke came in. It just was when you have a coach and a GM on the same page, when you have a coach that wants to stay here and finish what he thinks he started going back to Utica and then Vancouver, get it done. I mean, this isn't a hard, I don't think it's a massively hard deal to do. I don't think Travis is asking for four or five million. I think what we said, it, it's going to be a number between two to four million. I, I, I don't think it's a hard deal to do. Book reviews with Dolly. This could be a new segment here uh, on the VanCast. <laughs> and, I'm halfway, a... and I'm halfway into uh, Nick Kiprios's book, uh, halfway into that. And uh, so I just finished up uh, Brian Burke. I'm halfway into Kiprios's book, which I highly recommend to both of you as well. I look forward to the Rick Dollywall Chronicles at some point. Uh, I'll oh, read man. that when uh, a published hey. author. Uh, <laughs> Forward by Igor Larionov. And Mark Messier. And when Jeff Patterson writes this book, I better be in the freaking book. There better be a chapter on me. 
<laughs> uh, I'll make that promise. I'll make that promise here. It's it's on tape. People have my word. Hey, as we finish up here, Dolly, uh, beyond Travis Green, uh, what else are you sniffing around? What else are you working on? Like, are the Canucks done, do we think? I know there's all the cap constraints and everything else, but there are still a long list of, of free agents out there. Yeah, well, it, 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 and, and I think uh, Thomas did a great job in the article on touching on this. If Michael Ferlin, if you put him on LTIR at training camp, which I think you can't put him on LTIR right now, I think you got to wait till camp. If you do that, the money saves up. Then you get, do you got, and then Drancer told me on the weekend the Canucks uh, might be going after a player in the $2.5 million range. Can you get a forward? to help out the forward group in the top nine. Uh, so I, I don't think they're done. You can make a trade. You can you can sign. But, I mean, let's be honest. Are you really going to get Mike Hoffman, who's a 5 to $6 million player? Granlin's probably asking for the exact, exact same amount that uh, Hoffman is. Can you get somebody? Uh, uh, you know the double-A guy? Uh, <laughs> yes. That's the guy. That's the guy I'd like the Canucks to get. The double you want to take, guy. Come on, take a stab at it. No, once. I'm not going to do it because I because what they do on 1040 <laughs> and they absolutely freaking butcher the freaking hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> they turn around all my mistakes and they and they play them to you. And that Trent Ryan Henderson and that Donnie and the Mojo or uh, Harry and Lloyd, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. But I am not going to say that name, Jeff, to make <laughs> your come on mistake. say it. Make it anyways. Double A. Double A's the guy that falls probably. Who's in double the, A? Uh, Andreas uh, Athanasiaso or whatever his freaking name. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, Ben. Thanks okay. for bringing the hits. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you get that guy. He brings the time. I know he's, he has struggled offensively, guys. But that guy brings. If, when you look at the Canucks team speed, do you see a real fast team? I don't. Um, you know, that double A guy would really increase. Your team speed. That's why I thought they'd go after Michael Grabner a couple of years ago when he was available. Um, you know, and still available, right? Yeah, he's still well. Yeah, and it's, as we get closer, he's waiting. He's waiting. But he, he improve your team speed up front. For me, I don't think the Canucks are the fastest team in the league. I don't even think they're the fastest team in the Western Conference. But you know what? If if you go out and get a guy like Grabner or Double A, uh, improve your team speed up front. I think that helps Travis Green big time. And he falls into the two to three million dollar range. I don't think that guy's a five to six million dollar player. Beauty stuff as always, Dolly. We knew that uh, you would deliver when we got you back here on the VanCast. So uh, appreciate the time as always. Keep up the good work, and and then we'll let you go and start uh, hunting down some of those Russian sources of yours. Yeah, yeah, the Russian. I got to call these guys overseas. Uh, I love calling people overseas. I'm just going to get uh, on the phone with Niles Hoglander, uh, the GM of his team. Niles only one goal in 11 games. You know, uh, quickly, we talk about Pod Colson and Hoglander. The pressure on these two kids in this market is extremely high. You got to let them develop at their rate. They don't have to put up big numbers right now. You just want to see uh, progress, progress, progress. But uh, I'm going to be calling Sweden to get an update on Hogland or see uh, what's going on there. He's got to have more than one goal in 11 games. Good stuff, Dolly. Thanks. Tell, tell Chris Abbott I say hi. Chris, hey. <laughs> good guy, Chris Abbott. Really, really. He's the best. Yeah, he's a very, very, very uh, good Canadian guy uh, running a, a team in Sweden. Uh, a very good guy. All right, guys. Take care. There you go. Rick Dolly, while joining us here on the VanCast, uh, we'll come back more on the VanCast right after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Our thanks to Rick Dollywall. Always fun to get uh, Dolly on uh, the program. Never quite sure what you're going to get, but you're always going to get the goods. That much we do know. And uh, we'll get him back on the program again as we get a little closer to hockey season, Drancer. But uh, uh, where do we go from here for the Vancouver Canucks? Uh, you guys talked about it a little bit there, I suppose, that uh, if they can get Furland on LTIR, there is still this opportunity. And you think that they're looking at a forward, not a defenseman? I do. I think that's slightly more likely. I, I don't think they want to block minutes for their young D. Uh, personally, like from a from a competitiveness now standpoint, I mean, to me, it's Hamannick. But I, I just think the way the organization is looking at it overall, uh, you know, they'd rather shore up their forward depth. Um, you know, so it goes. That's that's just the sense that I have. More more me reading between the lines than something I'm hearing from sources. Like I'm just evaluating that based on the conversations I'm having. I think it's a forward, not a defender, and it'll be interesting to see what they do here. Like I, I do think one thing to bear in mind is if they do make an addition and not an internal addition, like uh, like a Pod Colson or a Hoglander, I, I do think they're going to look at something with term. Uh, as opposed to just doing a one-year flyer on a on a UFA on the cheap, like I think they're going to want to lock in something, uh, ideally something backloaded, um, with any a cap space that they're able to carve out based on Furlan status. Wanted to mention that uh, Detroit Red Wings winger Bobby Ryan is Craig Custance's guest this week on the Full 60 at The Athletic. And obviously Bobby Ryan with a fascinating story of the highs and lows of being a National Hockey Leaguer. And so uh, I'm sure it uh, be worth the, the listen to that. Hey, just as we finish up here, it is Remembrance Day on Wednesday. And this sort of leads us into uh, the passing of Howie Meeker over uh, the weekend. And... I know he played for the Leafs, but I'm not sure. Like, I'm a little older than you are, so you probably don't go back to the time when Howie Meeker was the color analyst on Canuck broadcasts on TV, on BCTV. Like, people think of his hockey days as a Leaf, and then I saw a lot of the tributes where, like, Saturday nights aren't going to be the same because he was best known for his work on Hockey Night in Canada. But he was John Garrett well before John Garrett had the job. Uh, there have been others in between, like Ryan Walter and Gary Monahan did some work as well. But from the late 70s to the mid-80s, Howie Meeker was the color guy on Canuck Broadcast. This is a time when Canuck games were on Saturday nights on Hockey Night, and then they had sort of a game of the week uh, regionally on BCTV in the market. And so uh, we saw a lot of Howie. We saw more of Howie uh, doing the telestrator and uh, all the things that made Howie Meeker the legend that he was. Uh, we saw more of them out here on the West Coast than people did across the country. But, you know, when I, I mentioned Remembrance Day, the tie-in there is, like, you talk about a life well-lived. I mean, he passes away at 97 over the weekend in Nanaimo. He was a soldier in World War II before he played in the NHL. He was an NHLer, a four-time Stanley Cup winner. He was the coach and the GM of the Leafs, briefly. A member of Parliament, a broadcaster, an author... He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, a member of the Order of Canada, uh, raised all kinds of money for Special Olympics and BC Guide Dogs. Like, I'm not sure that there was a whole lot more that he could have put into his 97 years on this planet. No, and and consider, too, the hockey schools, right, that he yeah, ran out here. A, a lot of guys, a lot of guys, you know, my age or older are retired now. Uh, you know, I saw Willie Mitchell, for example, uh, talk about the impact that that had on his playing career. So in addition to everything that he accomplished, 
you know, serving his country as a politician, as a soldier, and, and a storied life in the sport of hockey, he also made sure to give back to the next generation. Um, you know, should we all be so blessed uh, to live that kind of life and have that kind of character, uh, rest in peace to a, to a legend. Yeah, and Alex Trebek as well, who uh, we saw him make the Ottawa Senators pick uh, third overall in the draft recently and uh, four decades of Jeopardy. And, and look, you and me as hosts of a, a popular game show ourselves in Name That Canuck, <laughs> you know, I think this one maybe hit home a little closer than, than for some others. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a weekend where uh, we lost a couple of legends in this country. Yeah. Yeah, 2020, just uh, unrelentingly the worst. All right. Uh, On that note, uh, we'll finish up. Uh, We'll take a moment uh, on Remembrance Day to remember those that have paid the ultimate price and uh, those that continue to serve our country as well. We thank them uh, for their uh, commitment and and their honor. Uh, Check out our comment section for each podcast episode of The Athletic app. Rate and subscribe to the VanCast on Apple. And don't forget, if you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, subscribe now and save Go to theathletic.com slash vancast. You can receive an all-access subscription for just $1.25 Canadian a week. You've got your piece up there with Dolly. Harm's got a terrific piece on Vasily Colson with some uh, interesting quotes from Jim Benning as well. So lots of fresh content there at The Athletic when it comes to covering the Vancouver Canucks. That's going to do it for this episode of the Vancast. Uh, for Grand Search, J-Pat, thanks so much for listening. It is the Vancast here at theathletic and theathletic.com. <laughs>